Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Inside Out Alignment, your host, Mary Tapper, your platform for self-discovery and creativity. Yes, we are humans and in every, in every way we love to expand, we love to learn, we want to grow. And today it's an honor and a pleasure to have with us Harrison Penny, the founder of Authentic Process. Harrison, thank you so much for accepting this invitation. Thank you for being here with me. And uh, we would love you to tell us a little bit about yourself. Yes, definitely. Well, thank you for that introduction, Mary. I appreciate that. So my name is Harrison Penny, like Mary said, and I am the founder of Authentic Process, the online platform that helps you expand your awareness around health. And it ultimately helps the nine to five worker lose weight and just crush their goal weights and their chisel down weights as well. Beautiful. I like that word, uh, nine to five, because <laughs> I have worked that way. And mostly when we come back, we are just so tired. There's a lot to be done. And uh, when you say nine to five, so how would you help people, you know, those of us, you know, those people working in that nine to five jobs to get to that space where they are in control and in charge of what they are doing in regards to their health? So a really good way to explain it is that I basically help people implement small routines in the, in the very beginning of any process. So if we're starting off hypothetically the first week, two weeks or three weeks, it's just like anything. If you start with a very small, slow progression, your mind always likes something to look forward to. Okay, so if you're giving it something small that it knows that it can grasp and reach towards, then it's going to start slowly reaching towards that one goal. But if you give it way too many things, what tends to happen is that our mind and our bodies are not very conditioned to all those things that you try to give it. So it tends to snap back into that old behavior and it just makes it very hard for you to reach that goal. So just a rarely good, I guess, layman's terms way to tell you how it can help somebody in a nine to five job is that I give them very slow, um, easy, progressive steps in the beginning. And then you start slowly working your way up to the bigger goals. So once you start with smaller things, you give yourself that foundation, then you build off that same thing as well. So just small, slow progressions in the beginning. And an example of that could be um, fasting the first four to five hours after waking up in the morning. And that typically ends to really be a good variation for someone starting off in the beginning. Because if you work a nine to five job, then the odds are is that you wake up between 6 a.m., 7 a.m. Or, or, or 8 a.m. And if you're doing that, then that means you have that four to five hour window before your lunch break. And your lunch break is probably between about noon to one. And that's when you can break your fast. So that right there already goes with your work schedule. And that's just one small example of something that can go with someone that's working a, um, a nine to five job. Beautifully put. And I know that you are more is you're talking about health, but also personal development. And all of these incorporate the habits that we are maybe used to are in our personal lives, either maybe in our health and well-being, or the, the way we are thinking or the actions that we take, you know, routinely or we take every day. So when you uh, get to talk about personal development or even this healthy routine, what do you think we can do about our mindset in order to get ourselves, you know, started in something like that? when we are not used to, when we are so uh, used to other things that we've been doing, what, how would you guide us into getting uh, in that space where we train our mindset to start doing the things that will build us up? Even though they are, you know, we, you start with those little steps, those few, those little steps, you're right. We don't want to be overwhelmed. 
So right. how do you prepare us to get to that point where we actually start doing those? Well, a couple things, Mary. I would say keeping an open mind in the beginning, and that tends to be the hardest thing. And I think a lot of us think that we do have an open mind until our open-mindedness uh, tends to get challenged. I don't know if that's a word, but our open-mindedness tends to get challenged. And then also identifying your resistance. Identifying your resistance in the beginning. And if you can identify it in the very beginning, you start to realize all the things that you resisted in the past. And so if you can get ahead of it before you start something new, then when that resistance comes up, you can always remind yourself what you promised yourself in the beginning, and then you can start jumping over those hurdles. So I think just the two main things in the beginning, there's a whole, there's dozens of them, but I think the main two is just keeping an open mind. Mm -hmm. Even though we think that we are, sometimes we're not. And then the second one, just identifying that resistance. And I think your support group as well. You know, being around like-minded people, being around people that amplify you and gas you up and just keep you enthusiastic, I think is a really important thing as well. So I think your support group is going to be really important. The, the friends that you hold, the family that you have around you, the people that you work with. And we are all followers to some extent. And if we're surrounded by four people that think one way, we're going to be the fifth one thinking the same thing. Definitely. So probably just the um, keeping an open mind, identifying your resistance, and then just the people around you. Just the main three right there. Beautiful. Okay. I, you have uh, worked and you've already like created something that can help people out there to actually get into um, helping themselves moving forward, you know, in their goals, as far as uh, not only losing weight, but also having to um, nourish themselves with things that are healthy. So can you give, give us like a little, you know, like give us an idea of what that is and how that is going to help, you know, people out there? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, thanks for letting me share that. That's awesome. Um, so Authentic Process has its first program in there and it's called Losing Weight with Little to No Cravings. And so it's a 30-day weight loss protocol for the nine to five worker that's wanting to lose four to six pounds within that 30-day time frame. And then at the end of the program, you're going to actually end with the base on what's going to help you for your long-term weight loss goals. And the best part is that it's completely COVID-proof. You're not actually going to need a gym at all. The movement guidelines in there are very minimal. And there are six modules in the entire course. And so module one through six is helping you progress off of where you currently are. It's going to meet you where you're currently at. And it's for men and women as well. Anyone between the ages of, I'd say, 17 up until their late 50s, early 60s. So it's really tailored towards you and you end up bringing on the, the tools that you need to help you lose the weight. And so module one is just giving you a handful of tools that's going to help you with your mindset and then help you with uh, just a fasting variation that I've been doing for a couple of years. And then from there, you're starting to get more routines. That's going to help you progress towards losing that weight. And it's all again, laid towards being tailored towards your work schedule. So it doesn't feel like a second job. And when you say little or no cravings, hmm. lose weight. So a good way to, so for example, when you're fasting the first four to five hours after waking up in the morning, what you're doing is you're not starting your metabolism, right? Mm -hmm. And it normally what we don't realize is that our metabolism works against us. And what I mean by that is that if we get our metabolism going too early in the morning and that metabolism is going throughout the entire day, it's going to spike cravings throughout the entire day. 
But now if you're fasting the first four to five hours and you don't eat until, let's say, for example, between 1130 or about noon 30, about 1230, maybe even one-ish, then you've taken, you're, now you're minding the body and you're controlling when you decide to eat. And so if you days, weeks, months, and years get into that kind of cycle, then now you're controlling when you decide to eat and you're not starting the metabolism as well. And so fasting also has another, a lot of amazing benefits from lowering body fat percentage, uh, lowering inflammation, um, helping with your mental focus and your energy. It's just a much cleaner burning fuel source. So um, that's just one example of where you're gonna be able to reduce the cravings. And then another example that's in the program is having carbs high in fiber two separate times throughout the day. So if you have carbs high in fiber, when you break your fast and then your last meal of the day, it actually slows the digestion down. So that right there is going to help lower the cravings that you have. It's going to help with your energy and it's just going to help flush you out the next day. So there's just a lot of amazing health benefits from there, not just reducing the cravings uh, to begin with. But those are just two small examples of what's going to help you reduce the cravings within the program. And there's mm -hmm. probably three to four more items that's going to help you reduce the cravings in the program too. I love your journey and the way you explain uh, what you are, you know, you're putting out there and actually serving because during this uh, time with COVID going on, many of us are stuck at home and already, you know, when you're at home and you do not control yourself or you are not like uh, you have maybe things to do that or you don't already have a routine. It is a good thing to have something that you can look forward to, something that you're working on. And you bringing that during this time is like a huge help to people out here and who are still uncertain about the things that, uh, what they can do, you know, to stay fit and to take care of their body and even making the right choices of what they can, they can eat. So having them in something like that is really awesome. Thank you so much for that. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, I know you you have worked with many people and uh, you've had some challenges in your life. And I know like two or two uh, years ago, you had an issue, you know, landing on your right, uh, your right leg, your right knee, am I right? Oh, yeah. uh -huh. Yes. And that was like a huge challenge for you, but still you got out of it and you're thriving and you're still here encouraging other people being here for other people and let them know that, yes, they can do it. Can you uh, expand a little bit about that for us? Still here, huh? Uh, <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> um, yeah, it was my right knee. So, okay, well, it's the beginning. It's a long story. If you don't mind, just a few minute story. Let's hop into it. So That's um, fine. this, the beginning. So I had worked for about seven different gyms in the past. Well, at this point now, eight gyms and now more independence and now it's all home-based and then just in person and other places like parks. But so I'd worked for seven different gyms. And when you're getting promoted without a certain gyms, there's not always a place for you at that one gym. So if you decide to get promoted, then you might have to hop around certain gyms. And so um, at my, I'd say my last gym, I think it was. Yeah, I think it was. I was working in Hemet, California. <clears throat> and the gym chain that I worked for, we actually had these team meetings every Friday. And uh, I went to this team meeting. We were just supposed to go over some management questions and just kind of get ready for the week and just kind of talk about what we were going to do with our team to just move forward in sales and just help our trainers and everything. And so I was actually the fitness director with that club in Hemet. And so the head vice president of the club was like, hey, let's just go ahead and play flag football. And so there was about, I think, 
just about 20 of us playing flat football, flag football. There was uh, men and women, just a whole mixture of people. And so long story short, about uh, 15 minutes into the game, I was going up to catch a ball and someone intercepted it and it tweaked me in the air and I landed on my right uh, heel in such a way to where it tore my meniscus and ripped my ACL. And that right there, it wasn't too painful, but I think it was just the shock of everybody being kind of around me and just, um, uh, it was just a really surreal thing. What was kind of funny is that I didn't really notice too much pain, but I just noticed that something was wrong with my knee. You know, mm -hmm. you just notice those things. Something just did not feel right. Just instinctively, I was like, okay, something's wrong. But I wasn't really sure because I didn't feel like anything was broken, but something was just wrong. And then before that, I've never really injured myself too much. I've always been very active and just, just kind of safe when I'm doing things, hiking and all that. So because of that injury, I wasn't able to actually train anybody at that point because as the fitness director for the club, what actually would happen is that the membership team would bring in the... Um, the new clientele and they would actually give them to me so I could run them through a fitness assessment. And so I would get to know them a little bit and understand their goals and see where they wanted to be with their fitness journey. If they wanted to lose weight, put on muscle, just all that stuff. And so I would run them through about a 15 to 20 minute workout, but I wasn't able to do that because I was on crutches for about two and a half, maybe three months before the first surgery. And so without realizing it, because I wasn't able to work out as much, I just, a lot of my patterns changed because of that setback right there with the knee. I actually had a couple people come to me during that two and a half to three month period and they say, Hey, you, you seem down. Mm -hmm. You don't seem the same. And so with that, it allowed me to see that just outside people are really the ones that can kind of show you really how you're kind of acting. And so that just, that right there was just kind of that a period where I noticed that I was kind of going downhill. I was trending downwards. And so before the injury itself, work was going good. Sales were awesome. I was doing well financially and just my friendships and everything. Things were just uh, very vibrant. But I didn't realize that with that one injury, things were starting to go downhill. And so once I went through that realization, Mary, I ended up having the first surgery and I was out of work for about 10 months. And so I had the first surgery. And so when they actually did the first surgery, uh, they repaired the meniscus, but this, at this time, they didn't realize that the ACL was torn. Mm -hmm. oh. And so once they went in, they'll repair the meniscus. They noticed that the ACL was torn. They just repaired the meniscus. And then they woke me up after the surgery and they said, hey, so the surgery went really well, but we have some news. Uh, your ACL's torn. And I'm like, okay, you guys fixed it, right? And they're like, <laughs> <laughs> And they did not fix it. So I had to wait five and a half months, maybe close to six months before the meniscus surgery healed for them to go back and do the ACL repair. So I was thinking that I was only going to be out of work for about three, maybe four months after they had the meniscus surgery, then I was going to go back to work. But during that time, I had actually been in network marketing and I had this really amazing mentor and I have some really close friends during that time. And so long story short, I, um, going into the first surgery, I was really down and mm -hmm. depressed because just my whole identity and just who I was was shifting because I was no longer working that job, right? But the mentorship that I had and the people that I had around me in that networking process allowed me to read like 30, book, 30 books during that time. I met like over a thousand people and 
I expanded my awareness into all areas of my life, my, my fitness, uh, my rehabilitation, books, my finances, people. And that time frame happened to be the exact time frame when I realized that I wanted to build something of my own and just uh, branch off and do something more independent. And so when I eventually went back to LA Fitness, I was only there for about a month and ended up stepping away and quitting and then going independent. So that time frame, that distraughtness, if that's a word, um, me being so low at that point with the, with the knee and everything, it was necessary for where I'm at now. And I wouldn't have it any other way. So it was, at the time, you don't really realize what the world's trying to do for you. Mm-hmm. And now looking back at it, you know, you can always almost kind of see the, where the dots connect. And Definitely. It's, um, I can easily see how when people go through injuries and they have to get out of work and they just lose their identity, it's very easy to um, not see the silver lining, not see that light at the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. So yeah, ultimately I'm thankful for the experience and I'm glad it happened. Yeah, uh, that's so inspiring. And uh, the way you uh, took action, the things that you actually did, and then you looked at the good in it and you listened, you know, when uh, your friends or relations came to you and said you felt like you were not doing well. So you took note of that and you took action. And that is uh, the beauty of that as well, because sometimes we find ourselves in difficult situation. And there is this saying that uh, it's not about what happens to us, it's what we do about what happens in our lives, the actions that we take. So you were Mm open-minded, you were open-minded, you took some actions, you read books, you made sure you used that time, you know, to connect. You also talked about having a mentor and so you had, you made sure you surrounded yourself with people that will help you, you know, get out of there stronger than maybe you were before and not just linger, you know, in the pain and everything that you were going through, because that was a long time that you had to, you know, go through that, that pain or after the, the incident, that would, that's, that's a long time. And something that you're not prepared for, just like we are in the pandemic, nobody knew this was going to happen. And we yeah. find ourselves like, okay, this is happening. What can I do? Okay, I think what Harris, Harrison just shared with us is an example of what we can do during this time while we're at home. It is not uh, about just the pandemic. What can you do for yourself? How can you move forward? Can you connect better with yourself? What actions can you take? Who can you connect with? We have the internet, we have groups, and many of those things. You can identify those who can be uplifting for you. If you see yourself or you find that those with whom you are now or you're surrounded with are not uh, those people who are going to be supportive for you, then you have a chance, you have a choice to reach out to somebody who can actually be there to support you. You can reach out to groups. There are many of them out there you know, to move forward and to take actions that are worthwhile for yourself and, and be an inspiration because when, I'm sure when that happened to you, I'm, I'm, many people, or you just telling us this today, it makes many people feel like, okay, if you could do that, then I have no excuse. And you boost people, you inspire other people to take actions, you know, towards their, uh, or maybe something that they have or some longings that they have been so long that they haven't been able to really connect with or even identify 
in their life. So thank you so much for sharing that with us, Harrison. I appreciate that. Thank you. You know, during that time, Mary, it's, you know, I was an open wound physically and, 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 and metaphorically too. Uh, wow. I, I was just open to wanting something new. And so mm -hmm. when I went to that first surgery, I was pondering, I was lost. I was um, uh, not sure exactly what to do. Cause again, my identity was shifted. And so that's a good example of what's going on right now in the world. Yeah. So that's, that's um, I think a, a really clear and obvious example that during these times, amazing things can come from it. True. Yeah. And, but we have to decide to, we have to decide that we're, you don't necessarily have to know where you're going to go. You don't, no one really knows. Like, even though I have somewhat of a vision for myself and I know you do as well, Mary, like we don't really know where we're going to be a year from now. Yeah, that's but true. We, you know, we, we buckle down on this, we buckle down on that. We have, we try to grasp ourselves mentally and, and physically and start taking those systematic steps and things are going to work out. It just, um, I just believe during those times of, um, you know, when you're aching and you're unsure, um, is a very, uh, it's one of those pivotal moments, but only if we decide to. Yeah. 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 There is also one, uh, one of the things that you do is uh, meditation and forward reflection. Can you share that with us a little bit? I want to really know what that is. <laughs> yeah. So meditating. So, um, I have been meditating now for about one of my best friends when I was a bit younger. I think this is back in like fifth grade. Mm, little connection problem. Oh, is it cutting out? A little bit. Okay. Technology. That's fine. Yes, I can hear you. I know, right? Technology. Yeah. Oh, it's kind of cutting out. Okay, there we go. Nope. Can you reconnect? Do you hear me? I can't hear you. Did you touch something? Okay. Let me see if we can just use the computer thing. I'm not sure, but. Okay, can you hear me now? Yeah, just unplug my Yeti, my Yeti uh, mic. I don't know sometimes. Okay, yes. Now you can hear me? Mm-hmm. Okay, so meditating. Meditating, we've all heard of meditation, but I actually started, I did my first meditation, I want to say when I was about 17, really close friend of mine. Uh, his dad was Episcopalian priest, and so he was able to marry and just go through the whole family process. But um when I was about 15 or 16, he started going to India every year and mm -hmm. he would come back with all this knowledge, you know, all this wisdom and he would be like a whole changed man. He'd be wearing the outfits. He was, he had long hair and he just, he came back different. We were like, okay, you definitely just got back from India. And so he would share all this, this wisdom with us. And I thought back then we didn't really think too much of it because we're young and we just weren't thinking too much of it. But now looking back to it, I'm like, oh my gosh, I wish I was like so much more open to it. Because to be at that age as a father to pour all that wisdom into us when we're like 15, 16 is an amazing thing for us. But obviously at that age, you're just not thinking about it. And so finally, when we were about 17, we did our first meditation and all we had to do was 
just let go more and more. And it was just all the density that we had, just the, the frustration, the, the anxiety, and just all the, the turmoil that we had growing up and being in that age, he would just try to get us to just release all those things more and more. And so we did that maybe a few times. And for a couple of years, I didn't really think too much of it. And then it was about when I was 21. So I'm 26 now. So about a good five years, the meditation practice I do, I mean, I do a lot of different things, but ultimately the most important one for me is just letting go. And so focusing on my breath, being comfortable with where I'm at and not trying to repress the mm -hmm. negative emotions that I have. It's feeling them. It's taking that fear, taking that anxiety and taking all the, the frustration and just some buildup that you might have from something that happened earlier in the day or whenever it happened and being okay with it being there and feeling it, kind of being one with it and then just letting it go comfortably. So that's just one of the practices that I do every day. But forward reflection, when I get out of meditation, um, my meditations probably go for about 15 to 20 minutes now. But when I'm getting out of meditation, I like to hold in my mind exactly what I want. And it comes down to uh, about four or five different things. My business, my finances, my body, my relationships, and my spirituality. And so when you're finishing a meditation where you're letting go, you are going from the levels of anger, frustration, anxiety, depression, up into courage, um, uh, self-efficiency, love, uh, gratitude. You're moving up in those levels. And so you're stripping away those things. So when you start moving up in those levels, then you're more likely going to be able to manipulate your subconscious mind when you start thinking about the things that you want. So when I get out of meditation, what I like to do is hold in my mind exactly what I want coming into this next six months to a year. And it's, it's such an amazing thing to do going into this new year now, because we're in a, we're in a new year, we're in January, it's the mm -hmm. first of January. And so again, I just like to finish my meditation, hold in my mind exactly what I want. And I emphasize what I want. So what am I doing in those scenarios? Who am I talking to? What kind of money am I holding? What am I feeling with that spiritual awakening? What is my business doing? What kind of people am I connecting with? Am I doing a podcast with Mary? You know, things like that. And if you hold in your mind something like that after a meditation, you tend to, you feel yourself vibrating a little bit more. You're glowing a little bit more. And you might not feel it the first one, two or three times, but if you'd start doing it seven, eight, nine, ten 10 times, then start moving in that direction of not just feeling it, but enjoying it. And if you go from feeling to enjoying, you want to continue doing it more and more and more. And it starts to become part of your, your identity, I guess. Yeah. And I like that because um, just like Joe Dispenza and many of them, uh, they say that it's more about the feeling and having that, that feeling, you know, coming out with an intention because you're setting an intention about what you want, what you're looking forward to for your life. And I guess that's where you have that your uh, forward, you know, reflection yeah, thing right coming in. Joe said, uh, if you can't change um, your energy, then you won't change what's in change. your life. Right, right, right. And it is, it is so amazing how that is so powerful that we have this so much potential in us, <laughs> things that we can actually bring forth, but the noise in the world is so choking into a lot of the things that, you know, these gifts that we, we actually have. And yeah. 
just relying on everything ex so external, it's, it's so depressing though, just looking at the world, the way things are moving and looking at the suffering and all everything that is happening. And having- well, we, have to our, we have to live by our own rules, you know? And I think um, a lot of people, because of their upbringings, because of mm -hmm. the people that they hang around and because of the, 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 team, the Netflix that they watch or, or things that they watch, they live by those rules. But you have to live by your own rules. Right, right. I live by my rules. Mary, you have to live by yours, right? No, no and, definitely, yeah. definitely. And it, that's just the hardest one. That's the hardest thing. It is. It, it's solidifying what your rules are. Mm -hmm. and I know that might not make sense to a lot of people right now listening to this, but you have to have your own rules. Yeah, because and, it uh, depends on what you want. You are here as an individual. Mm -hmm. Harrison is here. You are here as a unique person. There is no two person in this on earth with your, your print, with your fingerprint. You have to be your own blueprint. You have to live your life personally in your uniqueness. What are you here for? Using your own person, your gifts. And the way you're going to express, you might have the same dream with somebody else, but the way you're going to express it is going to be different from the other person who has that same dream because you have that in your uniqueness, just the way you are. You bring it in your way. And I think that is what most of us, we are lacking because we come to a place from a place where maybe our environmental, just as you said, we've been used to certain things and we keep doing that, those, and we forget about us. We forget about our personal, you know, uh, we just subdue those longings and even our discontent to things that we know are not serving us but we don't have that, uh, we haven't grown up in that mind, with that mindset of trying to really take that time and spend with ourselves. Most of us have problem just being by ourselves. It's like we must have other people around, but yeah. me time is so important because it gives us the, our. Uh, it's that time that we are able to connect with our very essence. This body is here just to be in this physical world, but our real self with this, that spirit, you call it power, whatever you call it, you know, uh, depending on everybody's belief system, being in connection to that and then working from there inside, you know, and taking, being guided by it, you know, in every decision and every step that we take in our life is, is so, so, is so, so important. I myself, I got to, to a point where I had to tell myself, are you here to live somebody else's life or are you here to live your own life? You know yeah. what I mean? Because you can't just follow what other people are doing. What would you love? You need to start asking yourself those questions to be able to even identify them. Then you start moving from there, you know, yeah. literally. I kind of go, you said something what I, I really liked. You said that we have this, you know, just amazing life, all this potential. And just, there's, there's so much that we have, you know, we mm -hmm. have blessings and, uh, I think the the sad thing, but the obvious thing is that most of us don't see it like that. And if you were to have a conversation with someone about, you know, changing your, your energy before you can change your life, uh, positive thinking, forward reflection, things like that, most people are just going to push that away because they want to see it before they feel it. Yeah. They want to see their bank account growing before. That's they a sad thing though. Yeah. They want to, they want to see that. Uh, that man or woman come into their life to make them feel loved before they feel loved themselves. Right. They want to see it out in the real world. And so that's just been, I think 
one of the many lessons that I've learned, at least in 2020, is to feel it and and be comfortable with who I am and, and really know who I am before I get that which I want to get. And I've always realized that it's been a, a lesson and a realization of seeing how much really can come my way when I'm just comfortable with who I am and being okay with not having the things that I don't have. I think that's one of the biggest keys is, is being comfortable. Okay. Knowing what you want, but knowing that you don't need it. Right. And so once you can kind of unify that kind of feeling towards that, which you want, I believe is what makes you become closer to it. And it's funny, you know, I think there's, um, it's still even tough for me to kind of go through the ins and outs of this, but like people always say, know what you want and then let go of it. But it's like, okay, but it's like, how do you, how do you do that? It's how do you like, let go of something you want? I know, right? How do you like, exactly. So it's like, if I want this iPhone, okay, that's what I want. But hey, like, don't even think about it. So you're like, kind of like peeking your eyes. Like, okay, I don't want it. I do want it, but I don't. So it's, it's a, it's a journey. It right. really is. It is. And we all kind of have our, our own ways of looking at it. And so I think it's always going to be difficult for anyone to really explain it. And at some point you need to just step away from trying to get so much advice and just be like, okay, what do I have to do? What's in here? What is this trying to tell me? And yeah. then pull that root and you start to, things start to click more and more. Yeah. It's just like, a woman that was pregnant, okay, when we're waiting for a child, we're excited, right? We're buying all these, we're getting the nursery ready for the family, everybody's excited, but the baby's not there. It's just like a dream or, a, you know, this thing that's love, like that deep longing for you. You want this thing, but it's not there, yes, but you have to feel the excitement of what is it you would love. And then start taking action towards that which you're looking forward to in excitement. You know, just visioning and visualizing and trying to see how you are going to be feeling when that comes to fruition. It's like you're living it before it, it happens. And the more clarity you have, you know, you're feeling it. You are just like when the babies, as I said, when babies, when the, we know the baby's in a way, in nine months, you are preparing you are buying everything that you need you're excited when you go to you know just to know the gender of the baby you are just so excited you know there is so much joy there's so much preparation and everybody is like in this happy mode and that is just what it is even with our dreams or the things that we look forward to in life in excitement if you put it in we put it a little bit in that perspective it gives us a little more of you know that suddenly that it is something we can you know you can follow that route and actually can actually get to it I love yeah it. You know what reminds me of actually um the very first module in my program lose weight with little to no cravings and uh and i know that also by the way that might deceive a lot of people like yes you're going to reduce cravings and lose some weight but it's more than just a weight loss protocol guys it's it's a template that's gonna leave you with the base on what to do for the future and mm -hmm. it's also going to Imagine being able to like, Mary, what's something that you love in your life? Hmm. Something that you love to do. I know you love your kids. You love your husband, but what's something that you love to do? I love to serve. I love to see people happy around me. I love to see people thrive. You love to see people thrive. Right. That's amazing. Okay. So imagine being able to not just take that 
into mm-hmm. your health. Imagine being able to channel that into your health. And you do it long enough repetitively to where you're starting to change the relationship that you have. So it's not only a template that's going to help you lose 46 pounds in 30 days. It's not only a template that's going to help you reduce cravings or give you a game plan, but it's a, it's a game plan to help you change your relationship with your health. And I say that because of, of with accordance to what you just said, <clears throat> the very first module, which by the way, if you go to my Instagram at Harrison C or um, Harrison underscore Penny, last name P-E-N-N-E-Y, you're going to be able to see the first module in there. And um, that one's on me. You can go ahead and check it out and give you kind of an idea of what the whole program itself is going to be like the remaining mm-hmm. five modules. But I give you a fasting variation into module one and a subconscious tool in module one. And so when you are, and this is kind of another way to reflect forward and, and have a good mental base of where you'd like to be, how you'd like to feel and start taking those steps. But let's say, for example, you're going to bed at like 10 PM or 11 Mm -hmm. PM and you're laying in bed and you have about that five to 10 minute window before you're falling asleep, but you're laying in bed, you're getting comfortable. You're all stretched out and you're just ready to fall asleep. What you're doing is that you're floating in between your conscious and subconscious minds. Okay. You're floating in between that. That is the best time to manipulate your subconscious mind, which actually rules 95 to 98% of what we do, how we breathe, how we grab things, how we go about everything really. I mean, naturally our body's doing it. I mean, our body's not stopping when we're falling asleep. Most of the time we're dreaming and still thinking when we're falling asleep, we're not really asleep. We're just resting. Right. So if you can start thinking, let's use the program for an example. If you want to be six pounds down, you want to feel better. uh, You want to have more energy throughout the day. You want to have a game plan. You want to articulate yourself better at work. You need to between that sleeping period. And again, this is very universal. You don't have to just use this for your health. You can use this for your finances, your business relationships, um, really anything in your life, the hobbies that you have. And so if you're starting to the beginning, the first handful of days, just think about what you want while you're falling asleep. Now, the more that you do that repetitively, you're going to start dreaming about these things and slowly once you pass that dreaming state, you're going to start to really identify with that person. And once you slowly start to identify as that person, you're going to start having these feelings when you have those thoughts when you're laying down. So imagine being able to get into a cycle of two weeks, three weeks, 18 weeks of you doing this cycle every night before you go to bed. Who do you think you're going to be when you wake up one day? You're going to be that person that you started to think about before going to bed. And so I, I wanted to share that because it was a, a um, uh, it kind of went with what you were just saying right there. And it's just one of the tools in module one that I, I believe is going to benefit a lot of amazing people out there. Yeah. And thanks for bringing that up because it gives even more clarity on uh, what it is and mm-hmm. what you have out there already. So mm-hmm. beautiful. Yeah. So you said when you use with telling yourself, you know, after these years or when you were 17, you had this opportunity, you know, to learn about meditation and all that. But because that time, you know, you were so interested in that. What would you say you will, what advice would you give to a 17 year old today? In accordance to meditation? Not only meditation, you know, as far as personal development, as far as taking maybe actions about what they would love about many things in life, or maybe their health and well-being, you know. 
because whatever you do, it still stands out into, you know, helping us in many areas of our life. It's not just about the weight. It's not just about what you're putting in our mouth. As far as food is concerned, it actually is a whole uh, package. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. That's a hard one. I think about this one all the time. Uh, I guess it starts with what advice would I give myself at 17? And then which advice yeah. would I give? Um, It's a tough one because, you know, we could give the advice, but would they mm -hmm. take it, you know? So I guess what we think about when we want to give advice to someone that's that young is what advice can we give and an advice that they would take, right? But I think the beauty, I'm not trying to curse you, but I think the, the, the good thing is when we are giving the advice or when, let me say we have, you go like in a session and somebody is, you know, they're giving this great message, you know, out here to many of us. Okay, we go there, maybe we are all excited. We are all excited about, oh, this person, he always gives a great message. Some of us take it and go actually take action on those. Some of us listen and be like, oh, I already knew this. And, you know, because of our ego and all that, we do not take action towards those. Some of us feel like, oh, is that what you brought me, what you brought me here for that? So it's not everybody, the whole who's going to get that. But many parents listen to this. They can use it for their kids. They can use it for somebody else who needs help with this. It can help. It might not be even a 17-year-old. We have some 40 years old who behave like 17 years old. So it's out here to help everybody. So taking the, that age 17 doesn't mean, basically mean that it's that specific person yes. or that right group of people. It might help somebody else. So yeah, don't think too hard, but just, as you said, put yourself in there in your, when you were 17. What advice would you give to you, Harrison? It's like a wish. I'm like going back to me being I'm like, what one advice would I give myself? I, I can't, I, I can't do this. I got to go. But uh, it can be one. Um, it can be two. However <laughs> you want to put it. Liberty. Uh, I would say the advice that I give a 17 year old, 16, 17, 18 year old is, is slowly start to be okay with thinking for yourself. You're about to be an adult. You have to be comfortable with thinking for yourself. If you have your mom or dad or whoever helps you in your life, your teachers, if you have them making all the decisions for you, you're going to wake up a few years from now really upset because they dictated your life. And I think that's what we see a lot of nowadays. Truly, that's, you know, bless my family. I love them to death, but I made it too hard on myself to make decisions when I was younger. So I kind of put the ball in their court and they were more than happy to take the ball, you know, because they want to see me do well. They want to see me thrive and enjoy my life. So they were more than happy to say, well, maybe you should do this or maybe you should try that. But if I can go back or give any advice to someone that's 17, it's be okay and, and start exercising the idea that you're going to have to start making decisions for yourself and don't just make them rashly don't, or, or make them, comfortable collective decisions. Don't just make them quickly because it's what you think needs to happen now. You're super young and you have time. So know that you have time on your hands and start thinking for yourself. Beautiful. I like that. Yeah. So Harrison, what would you, what 
are your goals for the next three years? Three years. Yeah. What are you looking forward to? Well, definitely expansion with authentic process. You know, I believe it's going to do really well and it's already helped out a lot of amazing people. And so expansion, more programs with authentic process and really just unraveling who I am through authentic process more and more. And authentic process, the title itself came to be about five years ago before uh, the fruition of this business even starting. You know, when I was I moved to California from Kansas when I was 21. I had just turned 21. And some part of me was like, man, I, I hope one day, I feel like one day I might have a business. <laughs> I always knew that I was going to be a trainer. I, I, I love to coach. I love to help people. I love to learn and give it back to someone else. And so I thought of the name Authentic Process five years ago. And so now it's in fruition and now it's thriving. Now it's, it is what it is. And so the unravelment is just so illuminating and it's chest opening. And so I try to have more of a vision for myself every day, but at the mm-hmm. same time, I keep myself open to the fact that it's never going to be exactly how I want it. And I'm okay with that. I want to keep myself open to the possibility of what can be. But I think the main goals are involving myself more in the community and not just having authentic process, something that um, you know, someone can buy and it can help their life. That's an amazing tool and it's always going to be there, but I want it to touch more people. Mm-hmm. I want to talk more on stage. I want to go to schools and I want to go to functions and areas where people do work nine to fives or do work nine to sixes and provide as much feedback as I can to help them live a healthier lifestyle. And I think one of the main goals is, is helping people see and helping more people realize that when you can have comfortable and fun and enjoyable routines in your life when it comes to your health, when it comes to your work, your relationships, really anything. When you can, excuse me, put yourself in a progressive routine, it soothes the intellectual part of you. It really does. And when you can soothe that part of you, I've come to realize that your dreams and your wishes and things that you want in your life, they don't necessarily come true automatically, what happens is that they start to surface more and just kind of the real essence of who you are starts to come up more because you're working on your health, you're working on your mind and you're, you're stripping away the density that you had in the past. So if I can keep approaching that process and put it in a direction to where it's helping people discover themselves more and, and unravel more, mm-hmm. I'm a happy person. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. Being open and actually doing all that you've just said, it makes you, you know, you see the opportunities, you see the resources and, you know, things just start happening for you. And because it is in alignment with yourself and the actions that you're taking, you know, the universe conspires and work in there for you. Sorry? I'm sure a lot of people wish I said a mansion or Ferrari, but it's, uh, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it will come if it comes it's gonna be welcome right yeah but that's what you're putting out there right now but even if it is a mansion the ferrari comes there the opportunity is going to be there the resources it might be bigger than what you even thought of and what do you do take it and then you help more people and then you have more choices you have many other things that you can do with that so yeah. that's the beauty of, of you know being in a process and actually you know um 
being staying consistent, especially with that. Yeah, big time. And that's um um yeah, consistency, big mm-hmm. time. Yeah. So um at the we're coming to the end of the episode. And on the description box of this episode, I'm going to have Harrison's um, information, his website, and uh, his, you can follow him on Instagram as well. I think he just mentioned that, but I'll have everything in, in the description box. So you can go on there and contact him or get in touch with you know that website and actually get his program that can help you start taking action, start taking those little steps towards your dreams and goals and, you know, and just keep going. Who knows what's going to happen at the end? So uh, reach out. If you have any questions, he's very open. He's going to answer you. So if you have any questions, you want to get in touch with him, do not hesitate. Do so. Do so. And so, and whatever he shared here, here is we want to discover ourselves. We want to be more authentic with the things that we are doing. So make sure uh, everything that you got from here, you help not just yourself, but also those who are around you. You want we want to spread. We want to spread the knowledge. We want to empower ourselves. We want to be inspired. We want to be inspiration to those in our world. So together we are stronger. So that's why he's here. That's why many other guests come on this platform to share their experience, to share their struggles, and also to let you know that you're not alone. And that is why he's here to let you know that you're not alone. If you have any questions you want to connect, please do so. Um, do you have any last words you want to share with, with them, Harrison? More advice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I never believed in setting resolutions. Okay. I, like set, I like to set goals. Okay. And so I think this is an amazing time to set those goals mm-hmm. and, and really mold in your mind what it is that you want going into this year and just hold on to it and emphasize it. You know, it's the, the hardest thing for us all, I believe, is, is it's not knowing what we want, but it's knowing what we want and holding that image. I like that. So, yeah, there you go. Yeah. My so wisdom, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> go ahead. You have I one said, more thing? I said my wisdom from India. that's why we are we are also learning from that so thank your friend you know who brought that to you and now you're sharing with the world so we appreciate that thank you so much um that's what we are talking about so we've come to the end of this episode thank you for taking time to listen thank you for always being there yes it is inside out alignment do not hesitate to discover those wonderful gifts of yours Stay tuned, keep listening, and keep growing, and keep being creative. Take care, and bye for now.